In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's great to be with you today on this feast day of the Holy Trinity. And the very first thing I want to do is I want to thank your dean uh, and uh, Canon uh, Kirby for the wonderful work they've done, their whole team here, taking good care of you. It's going to be hard to say goodbye uh, to Whitney, but she'll have other adventures ahead of her, and I'm sure do a great job over in Texas as well. But I want you to embarrass all of them this morning. Give them a big hand of applause for the good work that they've done. When I was a little boy, I loved Sherlock Holmes' mystery stories. By the time I was about 11 years old, I had read and reread every adventure of the famous detective. I was such a fan that my mother actually went out and bought me a Deerslayer's cap. You know, one of those things? That's one of Sherlock's trademarks along with his magnifying glass and calabash pipe. She she did not buy me the pipe, by the way. (laughs) Over a hundred years ago, Sir Sir Arthur Conan Doyle essentially invented the detective novel with his creation of the character of Sherlock Holmes, who has gone on to appear in countless movies and TV shows, including a series on PBS Masterpiece Theater, which recast him in the digital age. It's often been pointed out that almost every crime novel, movie, or TV show is based on the model of Sherlock Holmes and his faithful sidekick, Dr. Watson. What was Sherlock Holmes' secret that allowed him to solve even the most complicated mystery? It was his ability to observe details that ordinary people overlook. His extraordinary powers of observation, combined with deductive reasoning, enabled him to look at an ordinary object, a man's shoe, for example, and recognize immediately the age, occupation, income, and marital status of the wearer, along with where he had traveled and even what he'd eaten for breakfast that morning. Now, it might seem strange for me to be talking about Sherlock Holmes on Trinity Sunday, except for the fact that the doctrine of the Trinity is often described and sometimes dismissed as a kind of great and unknowable mystery. Since the topic is so difficult, Trinity Sunday is one time that the rector of a parish usually assigns the sermon to the assistant priest or seminarian, or in my case, the bishop. (laughs) As one of my priest friends warned this week on Facebook, Trinity Sunday is coming up. There will be complex theology, puzzling semi-heretical explanations, and the seminarian will be preaching. What possibly could go wrong? (laughs) It's true that this Sunday is the only time of the year when we commemorate a dogma of the church rather than an event in Jesus' life. 
And whenever someone tries to preach on a dogma, the results are likely to be boring, confusing, or both. One, such re- one reason such explanations are doomed to fail is because it's true. The Trinity is a mystery. But so is everything else in our life which has real importance. Try to explain what love is or what makes a great work of art or music or why we chose the partner we did or what led us on our career path and words will fail you. Relationships are especially mysterious. And since the Trinity is all about God's relationship with us, no explanation is going to do it justice, let alone any 10-minute sermon. But it's here that Sherlock Holmes and his methods come in. Sherlock is able to understand and solve mysteries because of his uncanny ability to look past distractions and focus on the real meaning of objects and events. He's able to pay attention to the world in a way that normal people can't. And I would suggest that when we really pay attention to the mystery of the Trinity, we too can look past what at first seems an insurmountable puzzle and experience a great truth. The doctrine of the Trinity states simply that God made God's self present to us in three ways. As creator of the universe, as the one who redeems us in the person of Jesus Christ, and as the spirit which continues to work in our lives and in the life of the church. How exactly those parts fit together Yes, that is a mystery, but it's a mystery that gives us many clues if we are paying attention. Some people are very good at seeing God in the beauty of creation. Scientists, especially physicists, tend to lead the way. In the beauty of physical laws and in the immensity of the cosmos, great thinkers see the hand of God at work. The more one learns about cosmology and quantum physics, the more one is convinced that there is a divine intelligence at work. No wonder Einstein himself said that science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Now for us ordinary folks who don't understand equations, we can still appreciate the splendor of an Arizona sunset or the bond we have with other animals, especially our pets, or the marvelous social organization of a honeybee's hive. For those who have eyes to see, like the poet William Blake, it is possible to see a world in a grain of sand and heaven in a wild flower. Hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. But the doctrine of the Trinity takes this beauty one step further when it claims that we can not only see God's hand in creation, we can have a relationship with that same God through his identity with us in Jesus Christ. It's pretty hard to wrap your mind around the vastness of creation 
It's much easier to approach God through a person, a person like us who loves and hurts and bleeds like we do. Jesus is the human face of God, pure and simple. All we need to do is pay attention. And when we do, we will recognize God not only in the face of Jesus, but in the face of every one of our fellow human beings. Finally, if you are paying attention, it's not all that hard to sense God's Spirit deep at work within you. You may feel the movement of that Spirit when you spend time alone in meditation or inspirational reading or with deep conversation with a friend or in the sacraments and fellowship that we have here this morning in church. In our gospel reading, God promises that he will send us an advocate. In Greek, the word is paraclete, which means literally a companion, a buddy, somebody to walk along with us through life in good times and in bad. Have you never felt the presence of this stand-by-me God? When you do, you will have yet another clue as to the love and compassion that God has for you. Now, nowadays, we hear much in the popular media about spirituality, especially from those folks who claim to be, quote, spiritual but not religious. You've probably heard that many times. It's hard to define exactly what spirituality is, but I have a feeling that to be spiritual means to be alert, to be paying attention to a deeper reality around us. Now, that's not easy to do. There are so many distractions that we face, so much noise, so much clutter in our lives. Most of us have a hard time sitting still, even for a few minutes, without experiencing what one writer has called monkey brain. You know what that is when your thoughts jump from one preoccupation to another. But when we practice, we can begin to move those distractions aside a little bit and experience a deeper, quieter center. There are many different ways of doing this. Meditation, centering prayer, walking the labyrinth, yoga, devotional reading. All of them help us to become more spiritual, people who can pay attention to be attuned to God at work around us. Now this morning, you're going to be dedicating the gift of this lovely new icon of the Trinity for use in church. We'll hear more about that in a minute. But I want you to all have a good look at it this morning. Icons are not only beautiful, not only beautiful as works of art, but they're also considered by their makers to be windows into heaven. An icon helps the viewer to look past the ordinary and get a glimpse into the divine. Icons are another clue that God gives us to help us understand the mystery of God's nature. When you look at this new icon later, I want you to note that all three figures of the Trinity look the same. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're interchangeable. And yet they're all sitting there facing each other. They're, they're bound in relationship with one another. 
One manifestation of the divine cannot exist without the others. Now, this is indeed a mystery. But it is a mystery that gives us many hints to help us understand it. When we are alert, when we pay attention, we discover that we know more about God than we might at first think. Again, paying attention, being spiritually attuned is not easy. One of my favorite Sherlock Holmes quotes is that our mind is like an attic, which most of us are all too willing to fill up with junk to the point there's no room for important thoughts. God sets a great mystery before us, but God also invites all of us to become detectives, discovering the clues to God's presence that are all around us. That might seem a tall order or even an absurd undertaking, but as Sherlock reminds us, when you have eliminated the impossible, Whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. So, my fellow detectives, I invite you to join with me on this Trinity Sunday to plunge into that mystery that God sets before us, but which God provides us the evidence to understand. When we listen, look, and learn, we will find all the clues we need to fathom the profound depths of God's love. As Sherlock Holmes would say, it's elementary, my dear Watson.